0: Hi there. Welcome into another fireside chat here at the FreightWaves Net Zero Carbon Summit. I'm your host of the conversation and senior retail analyst here at FreightWaves, Andrew Cox. And today we're going to try to cut through the hype of net zero because we're hearing a lot about big pledges, whether it be in 2030, 2040, or even further out, we're gonna talk about what's feasible today with someone who is working to help shippers and help companies cut carbon emissions and reduce their carbon footprint right now. And that's Kathleen Hageshi. She's a senior program manager at Flexport.org and I am very excited to have her on. I spoke with Susie, uh, the head of Flexport.org a couple of weeks back at our week long global summit. So I'm excited to have Flexport back, do, Flexport.org back today. Kathleen, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. And thanks for making today's Earth Day about net zero.
0: Absolutely. Let's start very high level, Kathleen. What is Flexport.org? Because I'm sure most of the audience has heard of Flexport, the parent company, but let's talk about your division, Flexport.org, and how you're helping your clients cut their carbon emissions uh, today.
1: So, Flexport.org is Flexport's dedicated sustainability and social impact team. We help companies to measure, reduce, and offset greenhouse gas emissions from shipping. If the shipping industry was a country, it would be the world's sixth largest polluter of greenhouse gases. And as freight becomes more and more complex, EPA projections show that by just 2025, four years from now, the emissions from air from all modes of freight in the U.S. will surpass those of all emissions from transportation, including passenger. So with these challenges, they're really complex. They're tough to tackle. So at Flexport.org, we try to make it easy for our customers and our partners to take action. Flexport launched a Carbon Calculator API, where businesses can calculate up to 100% of their footprint from shipping, both freight and parcel, for free, whether or not you ship with Flexport. The calculator is accredited by the Smart Freight Center in conformance with the Global Logistics Emissions Council, or GLEC, framework, which means that sustainability sustainability data is not just accessible, but it's true against global standards and reporting practices. We partner with organizations like Good Shipping to help our customers reduce their impacts through biofuels. And for what can't be reduced, we have a carbon offset program with Carbonfund.org Foundation, where we help really amazing brands like Tatcha, Cotopaxi, and Cloud Paper to launch offset programs for the very first time. Through all of this, to date, Flexport.org has helped organizations offset over 150,000 tons of CO2e which in day-to-day terms is the same as what a forest like six times the size of San Francisco would absorb in over a year.
0: Kathleen, I have heard the word net zero uh, thrown around a lot lately. We are here at the Net Zero Carbon uh, Summit. So let's just talk about the, the buzzword that's going around so much right now. What is your take on the net zero movement?
1: Yep. It is absolutely a buzz term right now. Um, If done right, it might be one of the most important global agreements we make between companies, governments, and countries. If done wrong, it can be a greenwashing term to hide behind. Um, So for those just joining us today, net zero is essentially the point when human-caused emissions are balanced out by human-caused removals of emissions in the atmosphere. For a company, it means your value chain has to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius and permanently remove any of remaining emissions beyond that point, which is a ton of jargon. So like, what does that actually mean? Um, for some companies, saying they'll reach net zero by 2030 would be the same as me saying I'm going to win my first triathlon in six months. When I don't own a bike, I don't swim, and I'm more of a jogger than a runner. It's not impossible, but it takes a lot of planning, it takes tools, and it takes fundamental changes to your day-to-day to to really make that happen. So at flexport.org, we try to help companies really start training for the triathlon instead of just focusing on the trophy at the end, because you have to start doing something about it today. Luckily for us, though, companies and our partners are taking this really seriously. Uh, GreenBiz found that between 2019 to 2020, the number of companies making net zero commitments tripled, and we're seeing that trickle down into demands that companies are making from their providers and the support they need for sustainability. In supply chains, when thinking about net zero, you have a huge range of topics. It can be from your building operations and thinking about renewable energy. It can be your products and thinking about circularity or the materials that you're using. And at Flexport.org, of course, what we're passionate about is the transportation component where you're neutralizing or reducing your emissions.
0: Well, Kathleen, if there's such a wide range uh, of things that you can put into the sustainability uh, box, what can companies be doing right now if they want to get to net zero or as close to it as they possibly can? What are some of the things on the very ground level that they need to be in place right now?
1: It's a great question. There are probably three main things I've seen where companies are really successful that they have set up in place first. The exciting part is that these are all true, whether you have a corporate net zero commitment, or if you're just focusing on freight first and are driving change through freight. But the three things are, um, first, measuring your baseline, second, setting the right goals, and the third part is company buy-in. And I'll dig into each of these. So First up, measuring your baseline, right? You cannot reduce emissions if you don't know what your emissions are. In freight, you're looking for the greenhouse gas emissions generated by the planes, trucks, ships, vessels, everything that's moving your goods, the pollutants burned and caused when burning fuel. Typically it's measured in TCO2E, which essentially means carbon dioxide equivalencies, so carbon, but also major greenhouse gases like methane, sulfur, HFCs, and so forth. When you're doing this, your methodology is incredibly important because if you do something totally different than your sister brand, then you're not working towards the same goals. Um, But particularly if all of this sounds like a bunch of jargon, you're not alone. At Flexport.org, we've developed tools to try to make calculation as easy as possible. We always calculate shipment emissions in quotes for Flexport customer shipments, but we open up that technology for free and we offer it via a carbon calculator API, or you can upload CSB reports to get to your emissions per shipment. Through these tools, we've helped industry-leading brands like Allbirds to help look at their freight and parcel data so that they can focus on developing new materials out of, I think, tree fiber and sugar cane, focusing on the really tough stuff that we can't do. At Flexport.org, we really think that everyone's time and effort should be spent on those hard reduction topics and not measurements. Um, Step two, then, is setting the right goals once you know your baseline. So one of the uh, potential downsides of net zero is that there aren't actually strict standards that companies are following when they're setting their goals. So we recommend industry standards like the Science Based Target Initiative, or SBTI. They have very strict definitions for what is actually included in net zero, including scope one through three emissions, it should be all three of them. They also have free tools where you can actually go to set your targets because in freight, you will need short, medium, and long-term goals. A lot of the technological advancements that will unlock true reduction, which I think you have some great fireside chats about today, um, those aren't really feasible or available at scale right now. So you have to think about your immediate optimization and efficiency gains that you can do before electric fleets or large-scale biofuels are available that you can start really reducing from the beginning. The last part then is then company buy-in and really accountability. Um, Ways that we've seen this come into play and truly successful companies are when everyone is behind it and it's incorporated into your core values. We've helped many brands, especially apparel or fast fashion, to create business cases and look at the benefit of making reductions in freight and thinking through that. Um, we've also seen success when companies incorporate it into their procurement policies, which I think you're also chatting with someone about today, um, You know, making sure that your providers are helping you with your measurements and your reductions and you're not trying to do it on your own. But I think the underlying thing with all three of these is taking it very seriously and knowing that action has to happen today and not just by that 2040-2050 commitment.
0: So Kathleen, with that in mind, what are some of the more, one of the most challenging things of those three of measurement processes, goals, and getting the corporate buy-in? What are the most challenging of those to get in place? And then if I do have those in place, what can I start doing today right now to contribute to my goals net zero uh, pledge?
1: It's a great question. I would say for some, I've heard measurement can be the most challenging if they're trying to do it alone. I've talked to brands before that had 75 spreadsheets trying to compile this information, or they've spent thousands of dollars on consultants just trying to get a grasp on it. So I think for measurement to make that easier, really defining your scope, not just your scope one through three, but the scope of what you're measuring and being intentional about it from the start helps you get there. In terms of you know what companies can start doing today, there are a ton of great roadmaps online but they're dense and they almost feel like they're in a different language sometimes. Um, A lot of the people that I work with come to us because they don't know beyond best practices what their specific levers are for success in their company for how to start reducing. That's why Flexport has built tools for scenario planning to help companies really think through this and what their unique opportunity is and where they should spend their time. There's three main ways I've seen scenario planning be successful, and hopefully they're ones that everyone can take today and start to think through for their company and what they can take action in. The first one is always including emissions when thinking about your routing. So we worked with a baby and toddler toy company and thought through the impact of routing through Portland for ocean freight instead of SeaTac. What we found is that when routing through Portland, their ocean emissions increased by 1% but their trucking emissions decreased by 16% when going to Idaho. So by making this change extrapolated across hundreds of shipments and TEUs throughout the year, it's a really big impact and a huge potential for reduction. This sort of exercise is easy to do and can be replicated when you're opening new warehouses or DCs, or even on a per shipment basis and thinking through the impact of that shipment. A second and very important factor is your mode. Mode may be the single biggest lever for most companies. A conservative estimate puts air emissions as 47 times more emissions per ton mile than ocean. So a huge difference between air and ocean and a potential lever for change for reduction. We see this again with many fast fashion and apparel brands. We looked at one and helped them with historical data and found that if they had made a 100% switch from air to ocean LCL, it was close to a 98% emission savings assuming the exact same shipment. Of course, it's not always easy to make that kind of change overnight. Um, so we help them put together a business case of a 75% switch or 50% or even 25% to start and make that case internally and work for demand planning. At Flexport, we often find that the visibility and transparency can help you make those changes and start to optimize better for your mode, but cost, transit time, and emissions should always be included in your APIs when thinking about your broader supply chain. The last scenario that you can think through is your ocean container utilization. Flexport looked at 2018 US inbound shipment data and found that of all FCL containers, nearly half of the space wasn't utilized. So when you increase your ocean container utilization, you reduce emissions because you can ship more with less. A very practical example of that. If I have about 40,000 CBM worth of goods, And I ship at 65% utilization, I will need 100 containers. If I then move at 80% utilization, I only need 81 containers. So a 15% increase in my container utilization results in a 20% emission savings. You do that over time and you expand it out, and that's how you can actually start working now towards those lofty, bigger reduction goals. Again, Much like air to ocean, those changes always aren't possible overnight. So you have to think about your unique supply chain. You know, Maybe you're consolidating across different providers or maybe you're able to substitute LCL for those off-cycle shipments. Whatever it is, there are many ways to start implementing this today. And again, just to underlie for all of these, you're not alone. Uh, Flexport.org has built tools to help you do this. And we work with brands even who don't ship with us to start thinking through what these options are for you.
0: Kathleen, you said something there that hit me and it's kind of the big lofty reduction goals that we've seen a lot of these. Uh, every big company in the world has made massive loft uh, goals out into the future, 20, 30 years into the future. When when, when we as insiders in this industry and as just consumers, when we're looking at those pledges, how can we tell whether these pledges have any substance beyond just the the beautiful the shots of the wind turbines and solar panels and beautiful trees? How can we tell if there's anything really behind them?
1: That's a great question. Um, really looking at the details of what those goals are. So what is your scope? You have scope one, two, and three emissions. Scope one and two are kind of what's generally controlled and caused by your company. Scope three often includes supply chain, logistics, freight, and those components. So what's actually being measured is one. The second is your actual goal setting. You know, saying by 2050 right now, maybe you have time to fill in the blanks or figure that out. But through a lot of these examples that we talked about, you have to start making those changes now and can't expect it to come overnight later on. Usually the companies that do this well have detailed kind of plans, goals, publications, have made it public so you can review it. And you're looking for kind of substance within those goals and if there are tangible plans to actually reduce and get to that 1.5 degree Celsius warming limit before you're offsetting. Offsetting is an incredibly important factor, and especially in freight, we think you should do it now while there isn't technology to completely neutralize your emissions, but that can't be your end-all be-all goal when thinking about broader climate change goals and towards broader net zero commitments.
0: All right, Kathleen, before I let you get out of here, let's talk one more question about both the internal and the external drivers for adoption of sustainable um, processes, right? So, yeah, we talk about global warming, we talk about everything on a very high level, but down to the, the lowest level to the consumers, who is driving this adoption externally and then also internally? Does it have to come from the very highest level of these companies or can it be started from somebody at the mid-manager level?
1: Great question. Um, externally, we are often find that consumers are such a big driver, which I think it's important for all of us here to remember when we shop, when we buy, what are we demanding and looking for? Um, You're seeing that trickle down in consumer demand. I believe it's 66% of millennials will pay more for sustainable brands. You're also seeing it across different corporate commitments. Companies are committing to net zero or carbon reductions more. Again, they're making this public. They're talking very openly, hopefully transparently about what they're doing. And I think regulations might be the slowest to trickle down. There's more happening right now at the global level, especially in the EU, thinking about inbound regulations. But I think what's exciting is that all of the action we're seeing for sustainability and taking climate change seriously is happening even without some of those stricter rules right away. Internally is what I think is even more exciting. Many of the folks that I work with are logistics managers, and they wear their sustainability hat, they wear their ESG hat, whatever it might be. They are the individual drivers for change, whether or not their company has a corporate net zero commitment. Um, you're seeing that they're taking ownership for freight, for emissions reporting, they're even posing carbon offset program or reduction measures and how to push that within their company, which I think is something we can all do and really start to think about in this industry. Um, I personally believe that climate change takes every single person doing what's in their own scope for change. And luckily in logistics, uh, we're really in the perfect industry to start.
0: Kathleen, a lot of insight today from someone who is actually out there doing the work right now, not just talking about big pledges. I thank you so much for speaking with me today, and I thank you for doing the work that you do uh, for your clients every day. I want to give you a moment to tell everyone listening where they can go find out more about Flexport.org, maybe use some of the tools and calculators you guys have available.
1: Absolutely. You can visit www.flexport.org, or just send a note to flexport.com. Again, all of the tools we have, we try to do for free and we open it up to any company, whether or not they ship with us. So we want to learn. We want to continue to improve and grow. Please reach out. We'd love to help you think through some of these challenges today.
0: Well, thank you again, Kathleen. Everyone listening, go take advantage of some of the tools that flexport.org has available for everyone. Uh, They are fantastic. And everyone stay tuned. We've got so much more headed for you today at the Net Zero Carbon Summit. Stay tuned.